Good morning, my friends. Welcome to Monday, January the 30th. It is early Monday morning for me, and I am still getting my brain in gear after a fantastic weekend. I mean, so many Sundays in my life, I just think, how could it get any better than, than yesterday? Um, so if you're a part of our church family, thank you. We had a tremendous morning, a celebration Sunday. We saw new believers baptized. We added several new families to our church family who uh, came to us by God's grace um, and uh, met people that have recently been saved and classes growing forward, growth track. It was just a wonderful morning. The music was exceptional. Um, we, we continued our series in the Gospel of John. This is Love, our new series, I should say. It's the second half of John. We just got started um, in chapter 12, really the end of 11 in chapter 12. If you didn't catch it, I hope you will uh, jump on to the live stream or the archive and uh, track along with us. And then last night at 5 o'clock, we had so much fun. It was our team development training night, and uh, man, we just played games and laughed and fellowshiped and shared our heart uh, for serving God together in teams, and it was an exceptional time, uh, something I'll always remember. Well, as we start our new week, um, thank you for joining me for today's episode, and we're in Psalm 71, and just a brief thought, won't keep you long today, but such a powerful thought. I'm a little stuffed up this morning, so bear with me. We read yesterday, or sorry, Friday, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. So a prayer from an anonymous psalmist crying out to God saying, God, I'm trusting you. And everything else flows out of that trust. It's really a picture of the gospel. All these words, trust, deliver, righteousness, save, Um, These are all gospel images, and when we understand them through the um, through the rubric of the gospel of gospel theology, we understand what these words mean, and it is what they have always meant. It's what they should always mean. Religion perverts them, makes them performative. Save me because I deserve it. Uh, Deliver me because I've earned it. That's never the case. It's always save me because you are good. Save me because of what you have done. Save me in your mercy, your grace. Deliver me because you are righteous and I am not. All these are gospel realities. So verse 3 uh, really ministers to me, and I think it will to you as well. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Now think about this for a minute. Be thou my strong habitation. The word strong here is the Hebrew word that usually refers to a, a rugged rock of refuge. So think of this strength. Think of something that is unchanging. When you go to the Holy Land, there's a lot of rock. I mean, it's a very fertile land, but it is a very rocky land. Everywhere there's rock. And um, there's bedrock. And when you look at bedrock, wherever you are, whether you're Galilee or, or near Jerusalem or on the Mediterranean coast or the Jordan Valley or uh, in, in the Samaritan mountains, wherever you are in that country, you see soil and land and growing things, but then you see here and there and some places in big, big ways, you see bedrock. Uh, for instance, when you go to Bethel, this is where Abraham built an altar. Um, this is where Jacob built an altar. 
and wrestled with God. Um, it's just uh, maybe an hour north, maybe not, not even that, maybe uh, uh, north of Jerusalem. The top of Bethel, the peak of, of Bethel, and it's just such a beautiful spot. You look, um, this is where Abraham and Lot parted ways. Um, you look east, you can see the Jordan Valley and the Jordanian Mountains. So Lot could have seen the well-watered plains of Sodom. Um, you look west, you, you near, very on a clear day, you very nearly see the uh, Mediterranean coast. It's just, it's quite a spot. Anyway, on the top of that, where Jacob pillowed his head with rocks, there's bedrock. And you look at that bedrock, there's something about that that you know that's never changed. Like the topography of the soil and the trees and all these other things can change, but the bedrock never changes. Whenever you're in Jerusalem, you see uh, walls, you're not sure how old the walls are, but if you look below the walls to bedrock, you know how old the bedrock is. Like that's been there for since the beginning. So if, you know, you're asking yourself on these trips, was, you know, were those walls here when Jesus was here? And usually the answer to that question is no, not always, but usually it's no. Um, but when you get to bedrock, you, you, if you ask yourself, was that here when Jesus was here? The answer is always yes. So I don't mean to, to uh, extenuate this, but I'm trying to say the idea of strength in this word, in this passage is unmoving, unchanging, a, a refuge absolutely secure and unchanging. So be thou my strong, my strength, habitation. Now the word habitation is um, a retreat or a, a, a place of dwelling. Um, it, it's another concept for the, 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 the word home. Moses said in Psalm 90, uh, Lord, you have been our dwelling place, our, my habitation, my home. Um, so the psalmist says, God is not just distant from me, high above me, holy and separate, distinct. He is these things, but because of grace, because of Jesus, because of mercy and love, he comes close to me and makes himself accessible to me. I can enter into him. Isn't this a picture of salvation? I can enter in, I can encounter him, and I can hide in him, and I can rest in him, and I can, I can make him my source of strength, and literally my dwelling place, my habitation. I can come into him and be at rest and be secure and be confident of safety and promise and provision, protection. Be thou my strong habitation whereunto I may continually resort. I love that word, resort, okay? We think of, you know, uh, a place where you, you know, go for vacation, a resort. Um, but the, the verb is to go to and to uh, return to over and over and over again. It is to be at rest with. So be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Um, I love serving God. I love God's people. I love ministry. I love everything I get to do. Uh, sometimes I love it too much. I go too hard and too fast and too much. Um, but you know what I've learned the last uh, decade especially is the the need, the value of resorting to, retreating, solitude with Jesus, so important to your sustainability, to your long-term health. And this psalmist says, God, I want you to be my strong habitation, and I'm going to make a habit of continually resorting. I'm going to 
retreat to you over and over and over. Now, my friend, let me just run through it, okay? That retreat on some level needs to be daily. And, and hey, here we are, okay? Um, enough for today. On some level, in some measure, it needs to be as daily as possible. Now, if you miss a day, it's, it's not the end of the world, okay? But the best, healthiest version of you is daily in the Word of God, daily in the truth of God, daily in ongoing communion and enjoyment of God, in, in some form of quiet solitude, daily. Uh, I would say then there's weekly Sabbath, there's weekly worship. I talked to our teams last night about the value of just not putting service ahead of worship. Worship first, serve second. We don't ever want somebody serving during all the services. That's just a, not a good thing for their soul. So weekly Sabbath and rest and, and meditating on God and loving him and enjoying him and, and retreating into his presence. Uh, I think there needs to be then like almost like quarterly times where every few months you maybe get a day or two or three and you, you retreat. If you're married, it's with your spouse. If, if, uh, if not, it's, it's, it may be with friends, with godly friends, but you, you, you break away and, and, and with the emphasis on spiritual things, not carnal things, uh, spiritual things and restorative things. It doesn't have to always be like, like Bible reading and prayer. It can be also enjoying the gifts of God, but, but not sinful things, not destructive things. Um, and then, of, of course, annually, there just needs to be, uh, whether it's, you call it vacation or a break, there needs to be a more extended break. Dana and I, every winter, every end of February, we, we carve out some time just to do this, just to avoid being put to confusion, to uh, retreat, to, to make God our strong habitation, to restore and renew. Listen, the strength of God is renewable in you. If you feel it depleting, that doesn't mean it's gone or that something's changed permanently. It means your fuel tanks are low and the warning light on your dashboard is going off. So what does that mean? It means you need to resort, to retreat to your strong habitation continually and let him renew your strength. Well, that's it for Monday, and that is enough for today. Thanks for joining me. Have a great day and a great week, and I'll see you tomorrow.